This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer. A free-for-all Friday. You're asking to hear something I don't want to say. But if I do say it, I think you ought to hear it. You got anything on your chest besides your chin, you better get it off. All right, then you asked for it. Yes, we did. So lay it on us. Free-for-all Friday means you set the tone. Here is Libby Snymer. Good afternoon and welcome to this free-for-all Friday. It is a beautiful day. It is great to be back here to hear what you have to say about whatever here on the one, the only, the original free-for-all Friday. And as Bob was saying, the big topics this week are mandatory vaccination for healthcare workers and vaccine certificates or vaccine passports. And again, here's what is bugging me. The premier throughout the whole pandemic has been saying he listens to the experts. He follows their guidance. And frankly, I respect him for that. But on this case, he is not doing that. He's saying he doesn't think anyone should be forced to vaccinate. I agree with that. But if you don't want the jab, then you shouldn't be working in healthcare. And every big organization, well, maybe not every, but most, the Registered Nurses Association, we talked to Doris Greenspoon this week. Jane talked to the head of the OMA, the Ontario Medical Association. They're saying the same thing. And also, I was just talking to Dr. Samir Sinha. You can hear his interview on the Zoomer Weekend Review on Sunday. He was saying the same thing. And I have to tell you from personal experience, most of you know, I was in the hospital for a bit in April at the very height of the third wave. At that point, the rollout was not what it is now. I had only had one shot at that point, and I got great care, I have to say, and everybody who came near me was wearing PPE, but it is a very, very vulnerable feeling not to know and not to be able to ask the people who are coming very close to you and touching you whether they have been vaccinated. And now uh, I think it's it's something that really hits more vulnerable people, older people who need home care. You want the care? Well, you'll take who you get and you don't know what the situation is. And I think that's really unfair. And I think it's ageist. And I want to know what you think. Should healthcare workers have to be vaccinated? And there are a lot of other places that don't have the kind of unks that we have. They've just gone ahead and made this mandatory. The numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. So um, the other big question for people is vaccine certificates or passports. Now, Venues are doing this on their own. Um, 
they are some of them saying you have to be vaccinated. You have to show us that you're vaccinated in order to come and do whatever. Some are, some aren't. Uh, but it's a matter of making your customers feel comfortable. And it's also a matter of providing a safe workplace. You know, this, all of this is really, I think, uh, putting businesses at risk and and just uh, delaying the opening up. We had Jan De Silva, the head of the Toronto Region Board of Trade, saying she wants something like this. And and you're kind of, if you're a business, you're damned if you do and damned if you don't, because uh, people can say if you're demanding to know that you're invading privacy, whatever, or or forcing people. But on the other hand, legally, you have to provide a safe workplace. And uh, you can get in trouble if you don't. And people who are coming back to work want to know if the people they're sitting beside are vaccinated. So again, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. Sherry in Mississauga. Hi, Sherry. Hi, Libby. How are you? Fine. How are you? I'm well, thank you. I just wanted to respond really quickly to your question, should, you know, healthcare providers be vaccinated? And I absolutely believe that they should. And I mirror exactly what you have said. So it would be a real fear factor for me to be in a hospital today and have, you know, the, the, you know, the, the, the nurses, the doctors, whoever taking care of me. And yet I have no idea, no right to ask them if they've been vaccinated and no idea if they are. So, my husband and I, you know, in the summer months, we have a motorcycle. We like to go off to a nice little trip, you know, sometimes during the, the day. Yep. I will not go on any type of trip right now in fear that, God forbid, if something does happen to us now on a motorcycle, we'd be in a hospital and that situation would happen. So, yeah, it's a really big deal for me. And I really hope and pray that the healthcare workers see it the way that you've mentioned in the way I'm saying most of them, most of them do. And I, I, people, I, I will, uh, here, I see that they, I have a couple of people on the board who saying they, they don't want this to be mandatory for PSWs. Uh, but you know, most healthcare workers agree. And when they take a Hippocratic, the oath, right? The first yeah. thing is do no harm. Well, if you give COVID-19 to a patient, you are doing harm. And we've seen a couple of breakthrough yeah. deaths in long-term care. The vaccination rate for residents of long-term care is just nearly 100%. But yeah. those are the people, I mean, you know, frankly, if we're vaccinated, the word is we are likely about 100% protected against hospitalization and death. Correct. We can still get it. But if right. you are a frail, vulnerable person, that may not be the case. Yeah, absolutely. I absolutely agree with that. So I support you 100% in your thoughts. So okay, thanks for that. For okay. Bye-bye. Thanks. Okay, Jay, you don't think PSWs should have to be vaxxed? No, ma'am, because I had a reaction back in 1966 to the whooping cough needle. Okay, and what does that have to do with this? Uh, it, it doesn't really, but I receive personal care from uh, PSWs on a daily basis. Uh-huh. And um, we technically aren't allowed to ask them uh, if they're vaccinated. That's right. So uh, due to their privacy, it's, 
Uh, it's all my opinion, but I, I wouldn't force it because I am medically compromised. Some people are medically compromised who provide care. Well, you know what? If you're medically compromised uh, and if you get COVID, then you are likely to have a, a bad case of it. Uh, you know, I wouldn't wish that on you, but you're you're at risk, say, more I than I'm at risk fully vaccinated. I understand, yes, but uh, I'm just offering a, a perspective. Okay, but it, you're you're comfortable with that. Uh, well, if there are, are other things I'm dealing with here at home uh, that are causing other complications. But oh. um, well, uh, Jay, best of luck to you. Thanks for your call. Thank you. Okay, uh, Brian in Brampton. Hi, Brian. Hi, how are you, Bed? Fine, how are you? Very well, thank you. I hope you're feeling really better than my mom. Better now, anyway. I feel fine, perfect. Thank you. Thank you. So, what's on your mind? Well, you- we, I have a, a moral dilemma in our family. My, uh, my wife's uh, three daughters are in the medical profession. They, they're, not, they're refusing to take the shot, okay? Yep. And uh, my brother-in-law, he's in BC, he refuses to take the shot. Now, my, my dilemma with them is I'm not arguing with them. They, they're over 21. They make their decisions. Me and wife had the two shots, and we didn't feel that good, but we, we had them, right? But if, if, you, if, if they die and they have children, what, what, how, how do you explain to the children why they, they're in the medical profession? Why didn't they take the shot? Well, uh, you know, that's that's for them to figure out. What what I am more disturbed about is that the, you're saying they're nurses, they're in nursing, they're dealing with patients. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a moral dilemma. I think it's something that, uh, I don't know if we could force them mandatorily. Like apparently the nurses in France have to take them. Well, the, there are nurses day. all over the place. There are, there are places that say, if you want to work, in the medical field, you need a jab, and there are some that are kind of hybrid that are saying new hires need a jab, and they haven't quite the figured out. Had three, right, Lib? What? She's had three. I got five. I got friends in Ireland. They've had two and three. His grandmother's ninety-five. My buddy, she's had three. Like, three she's shots. Smart. She's a nurse in Secular War. So, why, why is the world refusing to take these? Things? Well, the, uh, the, wor- the world isn't. The, you know, much of the world is, is thrilled to take these things, but those who aren't, and it's, it's generally a small, perspe- a small percentage, are putting the rest of us at risk, to be quite frank. So, um, you know, that's, are you going to uh, hang uh, out? I guess, with remember the- when we had to take polio shots and all flu shots now growing up? Well, well, exactly. If you children in school, teachers in school have to take nine vaccinations, right? Think about it. Yeah. Yeah. So this, you know, which hits older people, you know, they don't have to do anything. Anyway, Brian, thanks for your call. Thank you. You have a wonderful weekend. Okay. Bye bye. Okay. Let us go to Diana in Toronto. Hi, Diana. Okay. Oh, Diana, you have the radio on. You have to turn it off. There's oh, hi, Diana. Hi. Okay, okay Diana, turn yeah. down your radio. I can't take it like that. Okay, I'm going to take somebody else. Okay, people, just a reminder that uh, you have to have your radio down if you want to speak on the air because there's a delay and it'll be a bad echo. So uh, when when I say hello, you got to turn the radio down. Let's go to Jason in Etobicoke. Hi, Jason. Hi, Libby. 
So I'll try, I'll try and be quick and concise for you. Um, basically, what I believe is that frontline professionals should be taking this. Uh, we've had outbreaks in long-term care well before the pandemic, and a lot of it stemmed from people not being vaccinated and spreading around these types of diseases and flus. And what I, want, what I want to tie this into is the fact that with people not saying they won't get vaccinated, and they talk about their liberties and freedoms, I'm like, when does that start to infringe on other people's health? Like, yeah, you have the freedom to choose, but when you're getting other people sick because you refuse to get vaccinated, now that's that's not fair to pe- that's not fair to people. Like, especially people who are who have compromised uh, health, who live in long-term care, and are very susceptible to this. So, it just and frankly, with the premier playing it like this, it just kind of feels like he's playing to his base. That a lot of them don't want to get vaccinated. So well, it's unfair it's, to the rest of us. Exactly. I mean, I, I don't know where this is coming from from the the premier but i think that you know there's a whole faction in caucus that they don't like the fact that there were lockdowns and and they don't like being told to do anything like vaccinate i mean i really don't get it even in the united states where this whole thing has been so polarized and it's kind of been a republican thing don't get vaccinated they're all changing their tune now because they are in the midst. They've got a fourth wave. We don't want a fourth wave. We don't nope. want another lockdown. You know, let's let's just get on with this. And when it comes to the most vulnerable people, if you want to deal with them as a profession, then then you should be vaccinated. And the other thing is, even for recreational stuff, people who don't get the jab, they should understand that there's going to be stuff that they won't be able to do because businesses are taking the initiative in certain cases saying, you want to come here, show us proof of vaccination. Yeah. Actions have consequences. <laughs> and I think last but not least to tell the listeners is uh, Facebook is not a reliable place for information. Talk to your doctor. <laughs> okay. Thank you for that. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Okay, well, I'm going to try Diana again. I hope she has turned down the radio. Hello, Diana. Oh, hello. (laughs) I'd like to add to that last caller, uh, talk to your naturopathic doctor as well. I mean, would people want to get on an airplane that has never been tested, uh, that the FAA approves for civilian air flight, but exempts from any liabilities if there's any hazardous aeronautical event? I don't follow social media and never have. I just purchased an iPhone recently. um, And uh, before that, I had a ZTE flip phone. Okay. So I don't follow. I follow PhDs, MDs with many years experience. A couple of the ones I like to really follow um, stress that they are not anti-vaxxers. They're only anti-COVID-19 vaccine. Okay. um, Basically, uh, one of them doesn't even believe that it's actually a vaccine because if it was, it would prevent. Those are what uh, we would call conspiracy theories, Diana. And a lot of us, uh, a naturopathic doctor is not an MD. Uh, And if you choose, uh, you know, I know that generally speaking, they don't like vaccinations at all for whatever reason. Uh, And if you choose for yourself that way, that's great. But um, I think that there's no other options because there are other options. Not not that have been proven, but uh, Diana, that's your opinion. Thanks for it. I mean, yeah, 
there are other options like uh, like what was that Donald Trump saying maybe we should inject bleach and and what was the uh, hydrochloroquine that was an option uh, before the people who used it got sick so uh yep uh I like to stick to the facts here and you know if people say that hydrochloroquine or something else is an option. I I don't really want that on the air because that's misinformation. But if you don't want to take a vaccine, don't take it. That's fine. But, you know, people who are vulnerable would like to know that the people who are working with them are vaccinated. Lori in Kitchener. Hi, Lori. Hi, how are you? Fine. How are you? I'm good. Um, I'm a nurse. I've been working in... um COVID in the hospital since it began, and I, I, I'm a fully vaccinated person. I believe in vaccines. I've given thousands. But what I, I worry about this mandatory um, idea, because we are already in a huge nursing shortage, not just nurses, CSWs, and support staff. And I think if we did this, we, it would be in a crisis situation. And you know, We are in a crisis situation. Already, and that's without this mandatory vaccine. I'd also like to say and the people that I know, or patients even that I know, um, as a person that don't take it, it's usually for medical reasons. And I find that people are really, you know, being so per- persecuting these people as if they have a choice. Um, a lot of people don't have a choice in not getting the vaccine. And I, I, I Lori, let me just interject. Point. I think that that everybody understands that there are some cases where there are medical reasons. Uh, but, you know, we're talking... Uh, about people who aren't taking this because of their, frankly, wrong-headed beliefs, right? Um, but, I, you know, everybody understands there are exceptions to every rule. There are medical exceptions. Um, and we're already in a crisis with nursing and with PSWs. And, you know, um, a- another thing that's come up, Lori, and I've, I've been reading about this in the States and not so much here because they're in a fourth wave Dr. Fauci has said, this is a pandemic of the unvaccinated. And I've started to read firsthand accounts from healthcare workers, and they are resenting their patients because they're, you know, coming to the hospital, they're in bad shape because they didn't get vaccinated. And and the people who are stressed out, who've gone through this whole time are, are thinking this was completely avoidable to interject that's not completely accurate we have had people come in that are fully vaccinated with covid right so you know it doesn't guarantee that a nurse is fully vaccinated can't spread it to someone else so you know it's it's kind of a this one half a dozen the other but i do think it would create enormous shortages in in which case we have a bigger problem well do you think that that a huge number of nurses are refusing um no i, I any nurse i know that could have it got it. Well, exactly. And anyone that didn't, usually there was a medical reason they had a doctor's advice not to have it. And, you know, but I'm seeing that within the nurses, um, they're trying to have it, not so much with NPSWs, but um, I, I think we, we already have a shortage, not related really to COVID, to other things. I think it would create more of a shortage and maybe um, people not wanting to go into the profession as well. Okay. So I, I think that could be a problem. Okay, Lori, thanks for that. Thank you. 
Uh, we've got to take a break. I am overdue for the first break. Uh, so we'll do that. Before we go, the numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll free 1-866-740-4740. We'll be right back. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight back with Libby Snymer. When one considers the meaning of life, it is a struggle between alternative viewpoints of life itself. A free-for-all Friday. And without the ability to defend one's own viewpoint against other, perhaps more aggressive ideologies, then reasonableness and moderation could quite simply disappear. Name your topic and be as deep as you like, as long as there's a point in there somewhere. Here is Libby Snymer. Welcome back to this Free For All Friday. We've been talking about mandatory vaccination for healthcare workers. And I have to say, and I'm going to get to your calls, I'm surprised at how many people think it should not be mandatory. So let's hear from them. Uh, I can tell you as a patient, I certainly uh, want the people who are working on me in in close quarters, uh, I want them to be vaccinated, even though I am fully vaccinated, and I'm happy to tell people that. So let us get to it. Uh, who is next here? Rachel in Brampton. Hi, Rachel. Hi, uh, welcome back. Thank you. Go ahead. Rachel? Hello? Go ahead. Can you hear me? Uh, just now I can hear you. Go Hello? ahead. Yep. Okay, sorry. I'm just saying I don't get it. We're in a pandemic. I mean, should be vaccinated. In fact, it should be, you know, mandatory. Um, both my neighbors, they're against being, they haven't, they don't vaccinate, and sometimes they come to talk to me, and I'm trying to be far away from them, right? Because really putting me in. Uh, <laughs> Are you vaccinated, okay, Rachel? They have grandchildren, both of them, eight kids, teenagers. And they're like anti-vaccine. Oh, they're... You know? Well, you can stay away from them, can't you? I'm trying. You see, the other day, one of them came to the doctor, and I'm like trying to be away from... Rachel, I'm I'm really sorry, but you're really breaking up. I don't know what you're calling on, but we I can't hear you. So uh, if you want to try to call back on a better line, but uh, I don't know your, what you're on there. Okay, uh, let us go to Donna in Brantford. Hi, Donna. Hi, Libby. Happy Friday. Thank you. I was just listening to your program and just had some input. Go ahead. I am not someone who I would say to make it mandatory. Everybody has their reasons for not getting it. However, people in healthcare have an obligation to protect their patients, and there is something available to protect their patients. Um, I worked in public health as well as the hospital for 40 years, and when I was doing immunization to children, school children, many parents chose not to have their children vaccinated for whatever reason, religious, health-wise, just their own personal belief. And what was happening then was, and I think it still happens, but I'm not in the flow, is that if there was an outbreak at the school, uh, say chickenpox, measles, whatever, um, they had to be excluded from school for the incubation period. And something like that just may make these people working in healthcare think a little bit. You're excluded 
or 10 days, if that's the incubation period, or 14 days, at your own cost. In other words, we don't support them financially for that choice that they have made. I totally agree, but... And we do still do that with school children. They are excluded at the parents' expense. Now, with the online learning, etc., nowadays, they don't miss their school. But it was up to the parent to contact the teacher to have work at home for that child for that exclusion period. Uh, I wasn't aware of the exclusion period, but the one thing I'm aware of, and it's not funny, I'm, it, is that measles was eradicated. Yeah, it was and eradicated. now measles is back because of these ridiculous beliefs that these people have. Well, aside from the beliefs, our immigration policy allows anybody in without any immunization. Uh, yeah, I wonder if that's going to change because, uh, uh, you know, but because they have the quarantines and all of that. Yes, because of the COVID. And, and, you know, to be fair, there are a lot of places in the world and places where I'd imagine immigrants are coming from where the vaccinations are not available. And that's the reason, uh, presumably, why they didn't even mandate vaccination for Olympic athletes, because there are a lot of places in the world that don't have vaccines. Right. So we are so lucky to we have them. And, and that's a, 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 a pro point for getting the vaccination. It costs you nothing. Well, exactly. We are very fortunate. It cost us nothing. There would be thousands of people who could not afford a vaccination if it was left to that. Our health care provides it for us. Yep. And to turn it down just because. And I worked with many nurses who, who um, would not get the flu shot. They're not going to make me do that. Well, <laughs> you're protecting your patient. You have an obligation. That's your responsibility as a, as a nurse, as a health care worker. And you know, it was interesting this last year when we were all hand-washing and distancing and, and, and everything, the flu was very mild. But when the flu is normal, yes. uh, you know, 2,500 Canadians die of the flu every year. That's just the regular flu, just in quotes. And, and many, many more lose their independence. For so, sure. so, uh, that's why I'm, I'm, you know, I'm hardliner when it comes to this stuff. Donna, thanks for your call. Thank you. Have a good weekend. You too. Bye bye. Okay. Jeff in Toronto. Hi, Jeff. Hi, Libby. Go ahead. Um, I frankly don't know where to start. I, I know a few people, more than a few people who ended up. Just a minute, Jeff. I can barely hear you. I'm saying that I know. Uh, many people that's better who are sick as a result or shall we say factually after so-called vaccination one guy lost all the hair off his head and plotches or splotches whatever eventually he had to just shave off the little remainder he had a lady two women actually i know they actually got swollen legs you can't even see their ankles i knew i know both of them before and after a third one she ended up with, I think, what's called uh, she has facial 
palsy where like her lips are gone east and upper yeah I've, i haven't heard of those things as you know there are side effects and some people have them a little worse than others i haven't heard of those things as side effects um you know you'd probably be hard pressed to prove that that was the result of the vaccine uh there you know people say all kinds of things losing your hair i haven't heard of that that happens with chemo for sure um uh there jeff is gone okay doesn't 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 like being uh, being challenged with facts. Okay, I'm just looking at the time. Dan in Brampton. Hi, Dan. Oh, hi, hi, Libby. I just got terminal radio out there. Good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, my my dad and I. He's eight ninety eight years old. He lived through the polio pandemic of nineteen thirty seven. Wow. And back then. His mother was absolutely terrified that his brother, who was only eight years old at the time, was going to get polio and die. But there was nothing they could do because there was no vaccine. So there were 786 kids in Toronto got polio in 1937. Forty of them died. And school was, you know, everything was closed for kids from July to Thanksgiving. And we have people that don't want to get a shot. They should look at some history. Well, you know, our former Lieutenant Governor, David Onley, who was a colleague of mine, yeah, great yeah. guy. Well, uh, you know, he had polio and he had lifelong side effects. Yeah, my I was a friend of his. I, you know, I, I know him. My brother was one of his was my brother's um, one of my brother's friends was Richard Onley. And people were afraid to play with the Onley kids for fear of they might get polio. Well, that makes sense to me. And that's like scary, eh? Yep. My yep. brother remembers that. Yep. Dan, uh, thanks for your call. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, we are uh, going to change the subject a little bit. And here is Simone in Parkdale. Hi, Simone. Hi there. Yes, I just wanted to, uh, um, you know, uh, complain about the lack of concern, supposedly, by the federal um, uh, government on the, um, in, with regards to the Afghan translators in Afghanistan. The Taliban are making inroads very quickly. And uh, all Trudeau's saying is that they're making plans where the Americans are already bringing them, in, uh, bringing them in. You know, Simone, I think you may have missed the news just from like the last hour, but oh. we had the Minister of Immigration, Marco Mendicino, uh-huh. announced that, that they're finally doing something. There's finally. A, they're, they're, they're finally bringing in a, spl- a special class for these people because it, oh, good. I agree it's completely unconscionable just to leave them there. Absolutely. And what was the point of the whole thing? If you're just letting the Taliban take over oh, again, it's an act of betrayal. You know that they were so, uh, you know, brave to help our soldiers in the first place. Now, the um, uh, I, I phoned my MP a while ago and left a message, and and, and the PMO's office in in Ottawa. I didn't I hadn't heard about the latest news. I just wanted to mention something else, Libby. There's uh, regarding to the virus, uh, the the pandemic. There's a new one. I heard a doctor on television talking about one from Peru, which is called he's it's the Lambda. Lambda, that's correct. Yeah, we've been talking about it here for the last couple of weeks. I think. I am at first when we talked about it, there were no cases here from that. I think there might be a handful. Right, that's but, spread. Yep, but um, the the big problem at the moment is still the Delta. Yeah, well, yeah, yes, the Delta. Of course, we all know it's all over the place now. 
Well, just that's just what I want to talk about, especially for the Afghan uh, translators. Okay, well, thanks for that, Simone. And, uh, you know, um, uh, it looks like we're finally doing something. Right. Uh, And uh, Clay in Ajax, you've been waiting very patiently, and you want to talk about something that I am not aware of. Okay, I live in Durham region, uh, and last weekend they had a rave, what they're calling a rave, a big party, between three and 5,000 people there. Who, who's they? Who oh, had it? A bunch of people showed up up in Ashburn, north of uh, Win- Winchester Road, north of Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. And they were all wearing white suits, white clothes, uh, slight white slacks, the whole deal. And they had a great big party there. They estimated there were between 3,000 and 5,000 people. They called it a rave, Libby. Anyway, the Durham police chief, uh, the police arrived, but they wouldn't get out of their cars because the police chief said there was too many people there. Anyway... This, to me, is sending the wrong message. It's saying, well, if we outnumber the cops, then the cops aren't going to come. What they should have done, and you can laugh or think I'm crazy, they should have brought the fire trucks in with their water hoses and had a couple of those planes that put out fires to maybe give them a lesson about what could happen if they have another one of these parties. It's crazy. None of them were wearing masks or anything else. It was covered by CTV. Okay, well, uh, it's the first I've heard about it. I was I was uh, on holiday <laughs> in a very remote place last weekend, so I missed that. Yeah, um, uh, not not so upset that I missed that. Um, no. And there you go. But you know that is a real concern if you have a small number of cops uh, showing up and there's a, a rowdy crowd that outnumbers them. But yeah. thanks anyway, for bringing it anyway, to Libby. Yeah, I uh, I have three T-shirts made up. It said. I was shot twice with a big uh, syringe, and I think everybody should get one. (laughs) Okay, well, uh, if you're selling them, you've just uh, given yourself a plug, Clay. Thanks for your call. And I am looking at the clock, and it's time for another break. Let me give the numbers out again before we take our second break. 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. It's the original, the one, the only, free-for-all Friday. We can talk about whatever is on your mind when we come back after the break. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Zneimer. A free-for-all Friday. Step up, say your piece, and we promise not to interrupt. Just be lively about it. We have a lot of listeners hanging on your every word. Here is Libby Snymer. Welcome back to this Free For All Friday, and I've got Peter, who wants to talk about pigeons. Hi, yes. Peter. Yes, um, uh, Libby, how are you? I'm fine. How are you? Two weeks ago, I called your show about the Thunder Street name changing. Yep. And two weeks today, later, I'm calling another issue related to our city council. Okay. Because I heard that there were two uh, city councillors proposed to uh, ban pigeons, and I only managed to find out one, Christian Wong Tan, but I could not Okay, they're not banning pigeons. They're not banning pigeons. They they are trying to ban feeding pigeons. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That is the issue. So I want to tell them that I happen to be one person who, who um, feeding the pigeon makes me very calm, and it brings me inner 
peace and serenity. After feeling the pigeon, I feel very content and very relaxed. And above all, I save all my food that I don't want to eat anymore and feed them to the pigeon. That is a very good way to save food. Don't okay, well, I'm, I, I looked it up, and this is the rationale behind it. Uh, so right now, it's only illegal to feed pigeons in parks. They want to extend that, and the reason is that after you throw the food to the pigeons and the pigeons uh, eat it, the rats come to clean up and the rats carry disease. And also there's a, a bigger problem with pigeon bro- droppings. And that's that's the reason behind this. Well, my argument is, um, are you going to, are you going to uh, ban feeding squirrel as well? That's been going on for 150 years. Yeah. And what about dogs, you know, pissing all over the place? Are we going to ban dogs as well? Uh, well, we're certainly not going to ba- ban dogs. But well, I'm just trying to... Squirrels, to yeah, they're wild animals. So that's, uh, that's in with the pigeons. So one thing about uh, the safety issue, the health issue is... Do not feed them a whole big chunk of bread because they cannot eat them. When you feed them, you have to break them into tiny little pieces so they can just gulp them down. So there's no food left behind. That's one thing we have to do if you like to feed them. But about, 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 well, I don't think they, they, they should waste their time, their resources in banning something that is very, uh, you know, helpful to people who enjoy this kind of activity. Okay. Well, uh, you know, I'm, you, you've contacted your counselor. So, uh, I guess that's the way to deal with that. It, it hasn't been done yet. Who knows how long they will study this important issue for before there's any action. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing gets done very quickly. Okay. Uh, we will go to Dennis in Brampton. Hi, Dennis. Hi, Libby. Thanks for taking my call. I'm I'm somewhat confused. My mm-hmm. understanding is our border is opening to Americans. To fully August. vaccinated Americans. Yes. On August the 9th. Yep. Uh, their border remains closed to Canadians who are fully vaccinated. Yep. Uh, and yet... Uh, when it comes to COVID cases, we're by and large getting it well in hand, particularly the Delta variant, and it's running rampant down there. So there seems to be, I'm confused, how how does that work? Well, we were talking about this yesterday, and again, I was also under the impression that they were the ones who wanted to open the border, and the people who live and work close to the border uh you know, we were actually surprised that the Biden government made this decision. Uh, the explanations I heard for it is that they're distracted with a big relief bill, number one, and number two, that uh, they're worried actually about the Mexican border, but didn't want to have two different regimes. So who knows? And they're being lobbied very vi- vigorously by Americans that do business here. Well, with respect to Mexico, I mean, we currently are barring flights from India. So we are we do have some bars in other countries, uh, but we can be selective about who comes in and who doesn't. They apparently are not willing to do that. Well, uh, not for the moment, but the, the, the bottom line on all of it is you can just fly in. I mean, none of this makes much sense. If, if you want to buy an airline ticket, you can go wherever you want. Yeah, well, I hear you. Uh, not everybody wants to go as far as a plane will take them. 
Well, that's that's true. Or people come back, uh, you know, they they grab an Uber at the border. So there are all kinds of ways around it. But but I I, I get it. I was confused too. What do you mean? You know, I thought they were the ones who wanted an open border. And finally, all of that being said, I have no intention of going anywhere near that country until they get COVID under control. And I believe that's going to take some time. So 2022 for me will be the earliest. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm not in a hurry to do that either. Dennis, thanks for your call. You're welcome. Have a great weekend. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Joan in Mississauga. Hi, Joan. Oh, Libby, I always love talking to you. Happy Friday. Happy I Friday. Have, I have a few crazy comments. Like, like you, I've been double vaccinated. I'll be 66 soon. And, you know, it was the one thing my whole family did it. We didn't even think twice about it. But I know a whole family, the parents, the grandparents. She works, the parent works in the, the nursing home. Really? She basically, she basically, she's been going to the same one. She doesn't go to a different one. She's basically said to them, unless you can show me that every management person in this building is vaccinated, then I may consider it. She said, but with all the, you know, controversy and all the stories of like the stories are constantly changing she said i'm coming to work every day she works mainly with the same woman and she's been doing it now for 10 years her whole family the parents the grandparents the kids are five and eight and none of them are getting vaccinated and they're out in that world and they're not the only ones and like you i'm proud every time i go somewhere i say oh i'm double vaccinated and i'm like a smile on my face but it's amazing some of the responses you get it's like, you know, well, why are you telling me? Or, you know, I've had so many different reactions because I, you know, I'm proud to say it, but a lot of people like, so, so I'm starting to not say it anymore. I almost want to get my little certificate up on my phone and say, look, I'm double vaccinated. But people don't want to hear it. They don't care. And then we've got Eric Clapton today, the number one rock. Oh, my world. God. What a what, what an idiot. And also Van Morrison. So, uh there are some music venues, which, you know, and this is not here in Canada, um, I think in Britain, are saying you got to be vaccinated or you can't come to this show. And, and Eric Clapton has said, I yeah. don't care if you're double vaccinated. He had one AstraZeneca. He said, I didn't even think I'd ever play music again. Well, that's... So, I, that's... You know what, so you've got all these controversies. It's constant, And these people are huge. And so then people who are ready worried and they're thinking well if eric clapton eric clapton can say that so and so can say it. i'm never getting like i you know well I mean? you know what and and eric clapton should stick to the guitar where he knows what he's doing but he has said that he will not play in any venue that requires people to be vaccinated so so fine uh, you you won't have that business but you're right you know i don't understand why people listen to celebrities about things they have no expertise on, but people do. Um, I know, so it's, it's scary, though, Libby. Like, I mean, that whole family. And then, of course, you know, they're, every time I sort of see them, they preach. But, so I don't even say anything to them at all because, you know, like, and plus it's too soon, and why would you get it? And I know another family, the whole parents, the parents have all got it. The grandparents said, we don't leave the house. And they think there's this nickel thing with you put the nickel on your arm. They're like, they're, you know, conspiracy theories all the way. 
and they're both over 80 and they're not getting it either. Well, they're not, they're not leaving the house, but you know, a lot of us, we like leaving the house. (laughs) Anyway, Joan, thanks for your call and have a great weekend. Uh, Let us move along here. Sita, also in Mississauga. Hi, Sita. Hi, Libby. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? I'm having a very therapeutic day with you, talking to you and listening to your radio. Oh, thank I you. Hope, I hope you had a very relaxed vacation. I did. It. It, it was very quiet. <laughs> I can imagine. Anyway, I have to give a shout out to Mr. Tory and the police for clearing out the public parks. These people claim that there is no place for them, but there are shelters. Seven out of ten, ten accepted help last week. But what I was wondering, why don't the government have a program to help these homeless people so they can get back on their feet? The government has all kinds of programs. The fact is that uh, for a lot of people, they have mental health issues, and I guess not everything works for every person. A lot of people with mental health issues uh, don't even want to accept health or don't want to accept uh, help, I mean, uh, or that they have a problem. And another thing, and this was interesting, and I heard this uh, from a couple of nurses who, who were helping me out, who also worked with a homeless population, and they, they said that some of the people in those encampments actually have permanent homes, but they go there for community. Um, Well, and I can see it. They're all hanging out with their friends. And I don't want to belittle any of it because I'm sure they have a lot of issues that contribute to the way they feel about all of this. But these are the ones who who don't believe in government rules and whatever it is. They're just retaliating and wants to do their own thing. Well, exactly. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if it's necessarily all that simple, but, you know, but Mayor Tory is right. The, the parks are for everyone. There are places where they had to cancel day camps. Uh, you know, rich kids can go to day camp, but there were day camps in these parks that had to be canceled because of the encampments. I can tell you that we are across and down the street from one. And there was an encampment on one side. I mean, there was the big violent removal this week on the King Street side. But on the Jefferson side, there was a dangerous encampment with multiple fires, people injured uh, for months and months. And when they cleared it, you know, surprise, surprise, there were, you know, mothers with children in, in, in that green space. Yes, but there are places for them to go to City Hall and say their piece, whatever they're objecting or whatever it is, they don't have to take up the parks. Yep. yep. And it's dangerous and it's not good and they're making our police officers them and politicians look bad because you have to like fight back with them to get them out and tell them they're doing something wrong. Well, like, yeah, no, wrong you know them? what? Most of those people were protesters and fellow travelers and they weren't necessarily, there was something like 20 people in the encampment and uh, I forget the number who accepted uh, permanent places. So, yeah. yeah uh, anyway, they're doing a great job. Get rid of them. They don't belong there. It's a public park. People need it to go and relax. We have enough stress and we need to get out from inside the house and Go and enjoy nature. Life is too short. Absolutely. That says it all. Thanks, Sita. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye.
Let us go to Kathy in Niagara Falls. Hello, Kathy. Hi. Uh, I'm just calling to say that this morning I was listening to CNN, and they were saying that with these variants, they're getting stronger and stronger. It's like the virus has a brain or something. It seems to if these people that aren't vaccinated are like a magnet to them, and they just exactly they're going to get stronger and stronger, and then we're all going to end up with with it again. It's gonna it's gonna kill us all if they don't start getting their needles. Well, I I hope it won't kill us all, but but the more unvaccinated people there are, the more the virus has a chance to mutate. Well, this is it. That's yeah. what they're saying, and it's getting stronger every time it mutates. They they you know they're coming out with all these different little things that are making it worse, and uh, you know like all these people that that won't get needles. I don't even want to be around them, but you know they should give them a passport so that that if you've had all your shots, that you know that the people that you're with have had your shot. Well, yeah, that's uh, that's one of the big topics of discussion. I mean, we have proof of vaccination, but people well, want think, something standard. Well, I think that's the only way you're going to make these other people get it, because uh, all these people in their own, you're trudging on my rights. You know, I don't... I have the right to die, I guess, because I don't want to get the needle. They're stupid. My own children aren't going to get the needle, and I can't be really? around them because I'm not going to get it just because they're dumb. Really, your own, and you can't, <laughs> you can't convince them. I can't be bothered fighting with them about it. They're, wow, uh, they've listened to all the bullshit from Trump and all that <laughs> language. <laughs> Yeah, but that's that's exact that's that's unfortunate, you know, yesterday we had a call from a woman who has a close friend and and the same thing trying to convince them and in the coming Doris Greenspoon who's the CEO of the Registered Nurses Association said she has a an employee who changed their mind and and in the coming days or week we are going to be talking to that person cuz maybe that that can Give us some insight on how to convince people to change their minds. Oh, um, we have time for one more. Brian and Lindsay. Brian? I just want to put a ditto on that call about the Afghan interpreters. Okay. You know, I guess it's nice the liberals are promising something else. The problem is with liberal promises, they'll be coming sometime in the future, and they always will be. Well, this can't wait. This can't even wait till tomorrow. This has to be done now. Make a decision. Get it done. A couple of weeks from now, those people will all be dead, thanks to the Taliban that wants to keep Afghanistan way back in the seventh century. Well, my my understanding is that it is happening now, but we definitely have to check that. I think everyone would agree with you. Well, that, that's all there is to it. They helped us out, and we're turning our backs on it. Of course, inviting a bunch of people across the border illegally at uh, improper spots, that's okay with uh, Trudeau. But bringing people over who helped out our troops, well, that's a whole different story. Justin, get on with it. If you're wanting an election, I suggest you do this one. Okay, well, I hope he is listening, Brian. Thank you for that call. Have a great weekend. And everybody, that's all the time we have for Fight Back for today and for the week. It looks great out there. Have a wonderful weekend. I'll be back here on 
Tuesday. That's it. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.